beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Several years ago at a weekend retreat, I was asked this question. When in your life did you feel the most like yourself? And it was one of those activities, one of those exercises where you were supposed to just answer the first thing that came to mind. You weren't supposed to give it a ton of deep thought or a lot of journaling or anything. You were just supposed to say the first thing that popped into your mind. And at the time, I was really surprised by the first thing that popped into my mind because the answer was, and this was just a few years ago, but the answer was a time in my life when I felt the most like myself was when I was in college. And this really clear, vivid memory of myself in college came to me, and I remembered exactly how I felt. I remembered what I was wearing and who I was with, and it was very visceral, and it was a very good memory, and it was a true answer to that question, a time in my life when I felt the most like myself. Those years in college for me, there was a time frame where I was very comfortable in my body, in my spirit, in my brain power, and in my future. And it surprised me, though, that this 
is what came to mind because this was, you know, 15 years after college. And so I felt kind of a twinge of sadness a little bit. I know that I had felt like myself in the years in between, but that that was my immediate answer made me sad. It felt like there was a real gap, not only in time, but in like iterations of Laura, if you will, from college Laura to 30-something mom, wife, blogger Laura, who was answering this question. Now, a few years out, I can see this a little more objectively. And I know that when I was at this retreat answering this question, I was in the little kid, toddler, baby years of my life, which I've talked about for a long time were really hard years for me. So maybe it's not so surprising that a time that popped up as heavenly would have been my college years when I was free of most responsibilities and obligations. So yeah, it's not so much of a stretch. But the question that was posed there, when did you most feel like yourself and why? That question, even though it's sort of a simple one or or maybe a common one, it has stayed with me and I've come back to it every now and again, just as a check-in with myself. I think on the retreat, we were asking ourselves that question or that question was being posed because we were talking about the Enneagram, which I've also expressed. I have a hit or miss relationship with personality tests in general and the Enneagram in particular. But the root of that question was trying to get us to think about like our core selves, our truest selves, that is sometimes not always in exact alignment with our surface selves. You know, there are a lot of things in our daily lives that we do on autopilot or we do out of necessity or obligation. And maybe those are choices we made or maybe they're just like life. Life happens. You have to go to work. You have to take care of your kids. You have to do things. Those things might not always exactly line up with your truest self. But if you go too long without checking in with your inner being versus the surface self we all have that goes through the motions of our everyday life. If you go too long, for some of us it's an hour, for some of us it's months, without checking in to see if those things are in alignment or if there's a way that you can make them be more complementary to one another, then we really start to feel off. And I have felt really off. And I know a lot of us have. The big picture of this is we are coming out of a year plus long pandemic where so many of our systems were shaken. The surface ones I'm talking about, school, work, home life. And then also for some of us, our deepest, truest selves and what we believe or what we think or how safe we feel in the world, those things were really shaken. So even as we start to come out of it, it's not instant equilibrium, right? Like we're all, or many of us, still feeling pretty unmoored, a little discombobulated. And every time I kind of start to think, okay, I'm, you know, finding my footing a little bit, something throws me all the way off, be it national headlines, which are tragic and terrible, or things that are more personal that happen in our lives, or just like a a crazy hormone spell, if you will. I have really been struggling 
with grounding myself, with feeling upright and feeling rooted and like I'm working from a core place instead of, you know, putting out fires all the time or just managing to get through the day. I don't want to live like that. And I certainly don't want to live like that for weeks and months at a time. And so when I get to that place where I am just not feeling myself and haven't been for a while, and I know I need to reroute and pay more attention, there's a few things that I do. I ask myself what I'm asking you today, which is when do I feel most like myself or what can I do to get back to feeling like myself, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But before I can answer that question well, I really have to work on grounding myself. So for me, when I am feeling anxious especially, but even if it's not anxiety or even if you don't relate to that label, when I am feeling not myself, it often also means that I am living like (laughs) from the neck up. It's really hard to describe this if you don't know what I'm talking about, but basically I'm all in my head. I have a lot of looping going on. I'm replaying conversations. I'm revisiting decisions. I'm feeling kind of frantic and fluttery, different degrees of that. It doesn't mean that I look overly frantic, but inside I'm kind of buzzing with a vibration like a hum, like a constant hum. And that is mostly happening from the neck up, maybe from the chest up. So in my head, basically, the things that are the farthest in my body from the ground. Now, this can look all kinds of ways besides just the sort of constant hum or busyness, franticness. It can also look like me talking too much and too fast. It can also look like excessively using my hands when I talk. Now, not all of these things are negative connotations or negative parts of my personality. I use my hands when I talk. I'm using them right now. I sometimes talk very fast when I'm excited. So some of these things are just me. But if you relate to this feeling of not fully inhabiting your whole body, but just being a buzz of activity in the upper part of your body, a lot of activity happening in your head and not much happening from the middle of your body down, especially if you have a lifestyle where there's not a lot of exercise or activity. I'm not a big workout person. I spend a lot of my day sitting in front of a computer. So I can easily go days without a ton of physical activity happening in the lower half of my body. This will show up in lots of ways. This can mean your digestion slows down, becomes very sluggish. This can mean low libido. This can mean your feet either feel numb, like not numb like they're asleep, like you can't walk around, but sort of numb like they don't have a lot of feeling to them or that they're way overly sensitive if you start to massage them or someone tickles them or something like that. What I'm basically just trying to say to you is that the lower half of my body is ignored and is just sort of along for the ride (laughs) with the very busy, very frantic, very discombobulated upper half of my body. So 
before I can sort of examine what's going to make me feel better, what's going to make me feel more like myself, I try to do these grounding exercises that kind of redistributes the energy in my whole body so that I am not making these decisions about getting back to myself, remembering what it feels like to be me, my truest self, all of those buzzwords, that that's not happening from a place just in my head. That has to be happening from a place quite a bit more wholehearted, more whole-bodied, more holistic. I'm using a lot of buzzwords today. (laughs) I hope you're just hearing through it. So what I do to get grounded, there's a few things, but if you're thinking about this for the first time or if you know exactly what I'm talking about, but you're not sure how to get there, the easiest thing is to take off your shoes and be barefoot and walk around outside. Like literally walk on the earth, in grass, in dirt, in mud, on the sidewalk if it's warm from the sun and you can feel the rough texture through the actual earth, like in the grass, in a yard, that's a different feeling. But both of these things are just connecting your barefooted, bare-skinned self to the ground, to the earth. It's rooting you where you stand. Now, if that's not enough, that little exercise, and that's usually not enough for me because I'm usually very backlogged in (laughs) needing to ground myself, then you can jump. You can do jumping jacks. You can jump on a trampoline. You can bend down and touch your toes, touch your legs, kind of massage. What you're doing is you're engaging your whole body, but especially this lower half that needs to get in touch with everything that's happening in your head so that you're evened out as you try to come back to yourself. This can feel kind of silly if this isn't a thing that you do on a regular basis. I know that. Maybe you don't want to walk around barefoot, let alone like in the dirt. Maybe you're not the jumping type. Maybe having babies has rendered you a non-jumper, if you know what I mean. But just try it. Just try it and see if you start to feel the difference of really bending and jumping and walking barefoot and doing these things that is going to draw energy down to the slower half of your body. Because when you do that, you might feel silly. You might feel great. This is the very step in starting to come back to yourself after a period of discombobulation and remember who you are. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. 
Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Once you feel like you have grounded yourself, you're ready to sort of sit in stillness. Y'all know how I love a sit in stillness exercise. (laughs) But you're ready to sit here and really think about, like be thoughtful about what will make you feel more like yourself. There's a few questions that I ask. There's a few sort of categories that I think about with myself. But let me just pause and circle on that for a minute because you might have a stock answer for this question. Maybe when you saw this podcast topic come up, the title of this podcast, you thought you didn't even need to answer because you have a stock answer for yourself of what makes you feel like you. Maybe it's, you know, taking a walk, reading a book, taking a bath, meeting a friend for coffee, playing a sport. I mean, I don't know. We all have our things that bring us back to ourselves. And sometimes we have these stock things and we will go years and years, maybe even decades and decades without stopping to re-examine if that answer is still true. So maybe we loved tennis when we were 22 years old and tennis made us feel like our younger selves. It made us feel at one with our body. We loved all parts of playing tennis. If we never stop and ask ourselves, is playing tennis still my answer to this question? Like, I don't know, my knees are creaky now, or I prefer a solitary activity instead of one I have to do with others, or... I live in a place where I can't play tennis regularly, so maybe I should re-examine if playing tennis is still my go-to or not, or if I should have a few other answers in addition to this one that I picked a long time ago and 
have never thought much to change. So that is another thing to think about. We often don't want to let go of the things that used to make us feel great when we were young. It's really hard to say, I don't think that works anymore. I don't get as much satisfaction out of taking a walk as I used to. For whatever reason, it doesn't even matter. The reason doesn't matter. You can spend some time (laughs) examining the reason if you want to, but all that matters here is that you're trying to get back to yourself. And so the truest answer is the quickest way from A to B. And if our old answers don't work anymore, let it go and find a new answer. So there are three categories that I ask myself, what makes me feel like me? Or am I feeling like me in this way? Body, activity, and relationship. Let's start with body. Everyone's favorite topic, right? (laughs) So I already discussed getting yourself grounded and how that requires, if you're able to do this, physical movement. This is going to look different for everyone. I gave examples of what grounds me. And obviously, I'm able to do all of those activities with my body and move in that way. You apply that to you and what feels comfortable to you and what your body is able to do. So here we are asking ourselves, when in my body do I feel most like myself? Is it when my body is moving? Is it when my body is still? Because while I talked about a lot of movement in order to ground ourselves, to have this conversation with ourselves, you might be a person who moves a lot. You know, if you have a job or you spend your days with a lot of movement, what you need your body to do is stillness. What you need is rest. So when you're asking yourself, when do I feel like me in my body? Let the answer come just to yourself in conversation with others in your journal. Let the answer come and let the answer be whatever it is. This might mean sex. This might mean dance. This might mean curled up on a couch under a blanket. You know, we started with that question of the retreat, someone asking me when I felt most like myself and I described my college years. Part of that answer was about me in my bed, a very particular bed with very particular covers when I was in college. That space, that bed was a cocoon for me back then. And that was part of an answer, part of a bigger picture of a time when I felt like myself. Being under those covers, cocooned in that place with those people, you know, reading a book or studying or whatever I was doing, that represented a time of happiness for me. And so when I'm thinking about where my body was during that time, it is not in a place of movement. So when I'm talking about when does your body feel at home in itself, when do you feel like your truest self in your body, there is no right answer here. I'm not trying to get you to answer, you know, Pilates. I do not feel the most at home in my body when I'm doing Pilates. Pilates is a tool, is one of the many tools that I find to be very difficult, but that has an end result. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about where your body feels at home. That's the answer we're looking for. And if you don't have any idea where to start with this answer, like if it's not very obvious to you where your body feels at home, then just spend this week paying attention in the car when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're 
preparing food in the kitchen, when you're dancing along to a song on the radio, when you're in your bed, just notice, oh, does this feel good to me right now? Does it feel good to me to be in a hug? Does it feel good to me to be moving or still? Just start to notice. All of us should be doing this because again, let's not fall back on whatever our stock answers should be. Let's answer what they actually are. In our bodies this week, when do we feel truly at home and comfortable in our physical form? Okay, next, but along the same lines, but a little less physical, a little less about our physical bodies, we're going to ask ourselves, what activity makes me feel the most like myself? And don't mistake the word activity to be necessarily movement. It can be reading a book. It can be needlepoint. It can be scrolling Instagram. I mean, I have no idea. What activity brings you to life, brings you joy? And these can be on a macro level and a micro level. So you might answer something like, I just enjoy being at home, you know, and that's just sort of like a big picture feeling of like spending time at home is something that brings you back to yourself or in your own space, around your own stuff. Or it could also be, I've tried to notice this a lot, in context, what thing brings you the most joy or brings you into flow. So in my workday, what activities feel like a total chore and what activities do I find myself looking forward to or flying through, even if it's just like admin tasks, I don't know, cleaning up your desktop. If there's something about that that's soothing and think, oh, I like this. I'm noticing that this makes me feel like the organized person I am or the organized person I want to be, or hey, I'm really enjoying this part of my job right now. So you're noticing within your activity of work that this is a task you like, or you're noticing within your activity of whatever you're doing around the house, cooking, cleaning, parenting, like, oh, I really enjoy this part. I actually didn't realize that I look forward to this part of the day every day because I take it for granted. No, we're going to notice this is pinging something within me that makes me feel like me, my truest self. And as always, there are no right answers. Maybe you just love doing the dishes. Maybe you just love laying on the couch and staring at the ceiling. You're not answering this question in a way that it will be judged by anyone else. There is no scorecard here. Like if you answer the quote unquote right way, you're a better, more awesome person. That's not a real thing. You need to answer the right way for yourself so that you start to feel right within yourself. Got it? I'm just going to make that point over and over again. So, so far, we have grounded ourselves. We have asked ourselves what in our body makes us feel the most at home or happy or free or in alignment. And then we've asked the same about what activity As we are identifying these things, we are also noticing how we can have more of that. Now, because this is life and we all have obligations, that if you feel the most yourself when you are sitting completely still, quietly, alone, that feels the most yourself. But then in actuality, you have a full-time job and a house full of kids. You don't get a lot of time sitting alone, quietly. You're not going to be able to structure your day around five hours of that, but you can 
notice that you need to have more of that in general. You might need to build that into a morning routine or an evening routine where you can have a little bit of that every day in order to feel more like yourself. So these are baby steps of noticing what brings us back to ourselves and then the next baby step of, and how can we get more of it? That's how this works. Y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download, puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over five thousand distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook, as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. Lastly, and in some ways, this can be the most challenging one, you're going to ask yourself, when do you feel the most you in your relationships? Or what relationships make you feel the most you? So some of us have fixed relationships. You know, we're in marriages. We have a boss. We have children. We have parents, neighbors, whatever. These are fixed relationships And so within them, we're going to think what part of this relationship is the truest me. And then for the relationships that we get to choose on a daily, our friendships, sometimes our work situations, romantic relationships, dating, which of these people do I feel the most myself with? And if there are people that make us feel not like ourselves, whatever that means. If that means you feel inauthentic around them, you have to pretend in some way around them, or maybe you don't notice it in the moment, but when you leave an interaction with them, you don't like the way you feel about yourself. You don't like how you represented yourself, or you don't like how they made you feel. Lots of layers to this. We all are in a lot of different types of relationships but we're only responsible for ourselves and the way that we interact with others. And so which ones make us feel like our truest self? Now, when I say that out loud, I notice that that feels good to me to talk about being my truest self in a relationship. But I know from experience and with talking with listeners on social media in the connection group, I also know that some people, the idea of that, of being their truest self, showing up that way in relationship, that doesn't feel great. That feels really vulnerable and really scary. So like they want to either skip this step, feeling like themselves, answering this question of this episode is really just a solitary activity and they need to... Think about this as just 
themselves and not in relationship to others. And I, I get that. I understand that. In some ways, this relationship piece is almost separate from how we can feel most like ourselves. Because feeling most like ourselves, it is a task that only we are responsible for and that only we can know the answer to, whereas this relationship piece is different. But I am including it because we're all in relationships of some kind and mostly that we have to attend to every single day. And it's not uncommon that it might be these relationships that have thrown us out of feeling like ourselves. There's a lot of reasons we might feel discombobulated, and they're not all pandemic related. If you have to see someone every single day that really knocks you off of being centered, you've got to notice that. You've got to pay attention to that and what that means and if that is something that can be repaired. Because if it feels like it can't be, or if it feels like that's the main driving force, this this relationship that knocks you out of alignment every day, then you're constantly going to feel like one step forward and two steps back. No matter how centered you can become when you're alone, well, what does it mean if every time you're around someone else, you start to loop out in your head, it takes you away from being your core self, just to be able to manage your relationship with that person. Of course, who that person is to you in your life, if it's a family member, if it's a boss, it's not like necessarily a relationship that can be easily disposed of, or you probably wouldn't be in contact with them every day. But sometimes these relationships, you know, they don't start off quite so uncertain. They've come here, they've developed into... A relationship that we didn't even realize was maybe draining us of our energy or sucking us dry of our joy. And so a little bit of mindfulness goes a long way. And that's what all of this is, right? This is a type of mindfulness, of paying attention, of noticing without judgment how we feel in our body, in our activities, and in our relationships. And you cannot get back to yourself. You cannot feel better. You cannot become centered if you haven't stopped down to pay attention. It is not going to magically happen. And certainly no one is going to do it for you. So you are in charge of noticing and aligning with what feels like the most you and then doing everything you can to make that happen. For me, The last few months of work have been so incredibly busy, not to mention my kids were schooling at home until just very recently. And although I've talked about how my reading has been off track, I keep mentioning that on the podcast, that is just one symptom of how kind of outside myself I have felt for a couple of months now. It doesn't mean that I don't have moments of being grounded or moments of like, being very deeply present. I have. I can feel deeply present for one section of the day and then feel really out of it for most of the rest of the day. And then the sum total of that for me is that I get to the end of the week and I just only have these few dots of presence and I really want to change that ratio. It's also difficult to change that ratio, do everything that we're talking about, because you might you know, be able to journal all this out and give perfect answers and know exactly what will make you feel more like yourself, but then not be able to execute it. 
That's what happens with me. I feel like I know some of these answers. It just becomes very difficult for me to implement them and like change up my day, change up my choices, have my husband and kids kind of work around what I'm claiming I need to feel like myself. You know, it's just it's like not that easy to do that. And so I keep, you know, kind of putting it aside and being like, well, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> I'll meditate tomorrow. I will make some time to be myself tomorrow or maybe this weekend. Does that sound right? Can I put getting back to myself on the schedule for this weekend? And like more and more time goes by and I never quite get there. I don't really make the time or when the time comes that I have scheduled in to become more myself, it's not it's not the right time. So please understand that I made this episode for me hoping that you would also benefit from it. Because I can accept a season of discombobulation. I can accept that there are seasons in our work life, like it's been for me or in our personal life, which also happens where you just, like you just, we're all doing the best we can, like truly and joyfully and with gratitude doing the best we can. And that is the baseline. But I don't want that to be the majority of my year. We have to wrangle it at some time. We give ourselves grace And then we say, okay, but is this how you want to look back on your year and be like, I couldn't seem to make it work. I've had those years. Those years are necessary. And oftentimes there's huge elements of those years that are out of our control. But I know right now for me, I do have some control right now and I do have some agency in getting back to myself. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to do that. And I hope that you are going to try this week to do that as well. If these thoughts resonate with you, if you enjoyed this episode or this show in general, I would love it if you would share it on social media. This is the best way for 10 Things to Tell You to Grow. And if you do choose to share this episode or any episode, I do hope that you would tag me at 10 Things to Tell You is the show at laura.tremaine is my personal account. And here we are entering the spring, learning together, realigning ourselves together. It remains an honor to do this with you each and every week. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.